0: the setup i'm chris grace i'm john carter it's monday november 11th 11 11 2019 yeah there something special about 11 oh it's veterans day yeah happy veterans day happy veterans day. day to all our veteran listeners um sure there's plenty yeah um and
1: uh saw parasite a second time you did how was it so second time around still excellent still fantastic um, i'm glad that movie's really picking up steam um oh is it i i think so i mean i i mean i saw it we a couple weeks ago yeah um, I'm, I'm seeing more people have heard about it. More people are talking about it. Um, and, uh, and it keeps showing, like, I think it keeps expanding. Yeah. Um, I was at a Lemley theater yesterday at the Lemley NoHo seeing the Irishman and it was playing there, had like four showings and people, you know, so I think it's expanding a little bit. Um, I think people are.
0: My friend Casey who mm-hmm. co-hosts my basketball podcast. Right. Um, uh, proposed that we do a uh, because i basically have three podcasts magic basketball and theater yeah and he actually proposed that we do a four-person podcast (laughs) about parasite that we put out on all of the streams (laughs) that'd be hilarious i'm so into that (laughs) because everybody has watched it right um how did did eric like it uh yeah everybody everybody Mm. i
1: haven't seen anybody who has disliked it i've seen a few people online who are like eh I have, uh, yeah. I have as well, specifically going listening on like podcasts to reviews and like different people um, review it. I don't know if I've mentioned it on here, but I do find things like um,
0: I find it reassuring that it, it is truly impossible to make something that everybody likes. Right. Absolutely. So like there, there is no question. Oh, except Trump, he got it. He figured yeah. It out. Oh, yeah. Except everyone likes him. Yeah. Um, there's no question that Hamilton is close. Is the best. I mean, I would say the best musical that's come out in the last 15 years, but mm. also just the most um, respected in terms of craft and- Sure. Right. And even that has a significant amount of people that are just like, it's overrated. I saw it. What's the big deal? Right. Whatever. And Parasite is a movie that uh, if I ever make something as good as Parasite, I will be happy. Right. Right. So like- I have done that, so I'm pretty good. <laughs> I've-, I've done that so many times it's just been misunderstood. Right. But I think actually you can take encouragement from it from that which is just like don't th- no matter how good you make something there will be somebody that's like it was overrated right. it wasn't that good. Absolutely. Um so I I just I'm going to become a film director now. So and <laughs> canceling all three podcasts.
1: Cool. And uh this is the last episode of the setup featuring Chris Creation
0: John Cardo. Funny that you mentioned that. I was going to bring up um that uh we sort of cheekily mentioned at one point like that this podcast would end when our two magic goals are met.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Uh, one is for me to get into the castle. Right. Um, and the other is for you to win FISM. <laughs> right. One of those
1: can take a lot longer than the other, I
0: think. <laughs> yeah, it'd be great if you won FISM in two years and I was still like, still auditioning. Right. <laughs> uh, so um, uh, I don't have a re-audition date for the castle yet. Uh, I, think ar- I feel like around this time that um, the machinery around the castle gets slower to
1: respond, it mm-hmm. seems
0: like, because uh, you've said before that it gets very crowded at this time. Yeah, right now um,
1: we're, we're heading into their busiest time of the year. And there's probably tons of, like, um, corporate events yeah, and absolutely. all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, so my current status with the audition is I'm probably re-auditioning, hopefully in January or February. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I'm still not sure. I, it's funny because um, my... Uh, I think her name is Michael Ann, who is my rep... Like, yes, the person from the membership committee that t- she actually said, like I should probably just do the same audition again and just not flash the way I did last time. right. Um, but I might change it up. at also. the
1: very least, I mean that that would serve as less work. I mean, not not that you should be yeah. lazy about it, but it, it you know, if that was the problem and there there's it just it seems like you you could go further with the same audition, just yeah, you know. That way you've been practicing that audition for five months as opposed to a new one for two months.
0: Yeah, the only thing that I would say about that is that there is one moment where I have to... The part where I flashed is is potentially awkward enough that I might want to just change the transition from one to the next. So basically, just to summarize what's happening is um, I have to add uh, some cards to... Um, I basically say I'm stacking the deck, and I show that I'm stacking the deck, but then I add some cards to what I'm stacking, and that part's supposed to be secret. Right. And um, in the general way you would do this trick, you would have the ability to... Uh, imagine spreading seven cards, and then three of them get added, and mm-hmm. you got to hold three of them in a break. Um, but the spread is what helps you get the break. The way I'm transitioning from my first trick to my second trick, the four cards on top that quote-unquote i'm stacking on the top are mm-hmm. already in my hand sure so it's a little weirder for me to like put them down spread out again grab the three so that part is awkward for me Got it. um so i actually might change the first trick so that i don't end up that transition from one trick to the next lets me still spread to get the break oh sure in a more natural yeah. way
1: um it's funny it's it's little things like that that i think to become what how how to improve an act? Yeah. A lot of people think it's going to be a bigger thing, so it turns out to be a lot of small stuff like that. Yeah. Just how can I smoothly get from A to B in yeah. a cleaner, more interesting way? What what I what
0: I, what would disappoint me if I have to do that is that my first trick, which is very short, is one of the only things in the in the audition now that I actually kind of wrote the script for. And also, I like that the the hidden part of the stack for the second trick is in is already set up. But when I do the first one, right? I love that. So. I really like that, like, but also Those I don't. Great. But I also don't know that that subtlety has, in the in the form of this audition, that subtlety I don't know is is useful or not because like I don't know that it's distinguished like if anyone even notices.
1: Sure, I, I remember. Um, uh, I hope I can tell a story on the podcast. Um, so uh, I was at a Klan rally. And, um, <laughs> well, that that I, you that you can tell for sure, right? No, so I was uh, I was talking to Bill Goodwin once, and Bill Goodwin. I don't know if he still. Does, I haven't seen him perform in a while, but. For a long time, I assume he's still doing this, he would close his close-up sets at the castle, the close-up gallery, with a trick where um, a quarter is put on top... You pick a card, it goes back in the deck, and then a quarter is put onto the deck, on top of the deck, and it basically melts a hole through every card going through the deck stopping it at this selected card so then you know 23 cards have a big quarter sized hole in them Ooh. um and the you know you can show and it's and you can inspect and everything and then where the quarter stopped is your card right cool trick and, and he does it very beautifully the way he kind of uh it doesn't just like drop through it really kind of feels like it slowly melts mm. it's through and and there's some real craft in how he accomplishes that but uh he she has a really good deck switch in there mm-hmm. to get from the, the one deck of cards he's been using the whole show into whatever this is. And so I remember talking to him once and I was basically like, man, that deck switch is really good because I don't know where it is. Um, and, he, and he didn't want to tell me, which is totally fair. Um, and so I, I beat him up and uh, <laughs> still wouldn't tell me. He yeah, is tiny. Yeah, you are a physically intimidating person. Yeah. Um, if I've heard it once, I've heard it a million times. But no, he's... I, I, <laughs> Wait, he, have you heard it once? I guess I just said it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... He didn't want to tell me what it was, but he, um, but he, we were talking about it a little bit, and then what he, but what he did say was, was interesting, was he spent a lot of time coming up with the method by which he could do the entire show with that deck of cards that Uh-oh. had, you know, twenty or however many cards with a big hole in them. And he goes, I spent a lot of time really working on making this perfect act where I could do it with this deck and not have to do a deck switch nearby. Mm-hmm. And then what happened was I would do it at the castle, and everyone, all of my friends, would just assume they missed the deck switch. And nobody was appreciating <laughs> how much work I had put in to doing this without a deck switch. So I just right. put the deck switch back in. Yeah. I feel like... So uh, I, I all that to say, I think your your thing is could be similar it's like you do a lot of this work like oh the stack is here yeah or maybe even better that the the because um, i know dennis bear has uh of some very very complex routines because uh, he's a, a math um guy outside of magic oh I think that he works that, in math
0: where the trick is over you're set up for the next yeah one. so he does a lot of yeah. trick where
1: a lot of cards are moving and being dealt you know, in all kinds of crazy places and yeah. then at the end that has put him in a stack for a his big finale yeah um which is brilliant so but you know yeah it's one of those things where it's like i wouldn't even notice that it's, it's so clever so um, that's that I think might he just about that in one of his books. It might one be of the, just the thing that's
0: books. just for me, <laughs> like, Right. where I'm just like, ooh, this is cool.
1: And I, you know what? I think there is value in that having a moment that yeah. is good, and you can go, I'd like that. This is in here. Yeah,
0: I can't remember for who me. Just, it's
1: jokes that get no laughs, but for you, it could be good
0: methods. Uh, somebody actually just I heard on a podcast somebody or somebody somebody saying that they wanted something every, in every show that was just for them. It's Maybe probably it magic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so
1: uh, what is your like
0: two year game plan for FISM? Um,
1: well, you know what? It's slowed down a little bit just because luckily I've been working a bit more yeah. recently and, and, um, but yeah, I think the, the goal is to compete at the IBM in uh, July of 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, and so spend the next, so I'm, I'm I've been thinking this a lot Canada, of, maybe um, I can't remember. No, uh, Canada is where FISM will be in 2021. That'll be in Quebec. Oh, I'm sorry. In um, 2020, you have to like qualify. You have to qualify. Yeah. Um, and so I think I'd like to, I, I, there's um, a, a forum that I haven't looked at in a while that basically shows you where a lot of competitions are, because you want, you know, I want to go to two or three mm-hmm. uh, competitions beforehand leading up to IBM that, that, you know, so it's not my first time, um, they're just going to get the reps in, in a real, uh, in a real environment. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but yeah, but I, I mean, I have the concept that I want to do, I have a lot of little ideas, um, and, but the, the the real block right now is that there are some engineering problems that I have to kind of tackle. <laughs> okay, uh uh-huh but you know fism feels very uh technology heavy i mean yeah it, it turns into that just because people you know what what happens is look not for all you purists out there yes there's a lot of sleight of hand at fism and you need to be a lot of the people that win fism are, are very 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 strong at sleight of hand mm-hmm. no question you, you and, and and skill and technique is, is one of the one of the categories um that you're being uh, scored on that being said you know, one of the most important things to do at FISM is come up with something new and interesting, and mm-hmm. so you're constantly making things look more and more real and more and more impossible. And and so what happens is somebody creates something and does something incredible, and then what happens is three years later you have to top that now because we've already seen that we already know that you right. can't go backwards, right? Um, you know, there was an American this past year, uh, um, or a year ago now, a little um, almost a year and a half ago now. Uh, in, in korea who uh did the most fine card manipulation act i've ever seen it was the most whatever i've seen a million times uh, and and from my, my understanding i don't know this person they were like shocked to find out that they weren't gonna just stroll away with the grand prix because uh-huh. they thought it was so good but you know in 2012 yuho jin sort of spread his fingers before producing a fan of cards that became the standard now um so at, at something like fism you can't go back if you're doing a back palm um, and you're just back-palming a card. You're done. Uh, yeah. Because we've already surpassed that. How you know? Dare you expect that red button's going to get hit? <laughs> right. Uh, you know, usually not that bad. I think. Um. I, I think it only no, happened I mean, like once. John's going to go over and press it. Yo. Yeah. In, in my head, <laughs> absolutely. And the um, only times I advocated for the red button last year, I'm like, yes, they should have been disqualified as acts that were genuinely offensive. Right well, I, mean, I think I've told but them that them. didn't actually happen, right No, they didn't one right. one person from Argentina got it because they were just terrible., uh-huh. um, but I think they were the only one who did but I, I but if I were a judge, there were two acts I would have hit it on just because I found their content to be offensive mm-hmm. um, and that is the time I don't feel embarrassed about it right um I, I I disagree with the use of a red button for quality yeah um but I think for Well,
0: especially because also I feel a little bit for the red button for quality is like how long are the acts anyway <laughs> like
1: uh ten minutes so yeah, I mean, five, so between five
0: and ten minutes just like. Just sit through a bad ten minutes,
1: That's right? I, I mean, I think the 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 way I've heard people describe this was basically um was basically along the lines of like if you're a judge at a competition, it is your job to watch the act because you don't know what's going to happen in the last two minutes. It might improve, right? Maybe not enough to win an award, but it's your job to watch and judge the act. Yeah, um, not to like. It might be like I meant it to be bad the whole time, right? Uh, like an Andy Kaufman. And then he, then he like
0: <laughs> flies out over the audience. Right.
1: Oddly enough, I was a little relieved because the person who did bad at FISM. Got a very mediocre sc- score. Uh huh. You know, I mean, it's like if I
0: mean, you, the, the manipulator, yeah. yeah.
1: Um, and uh, um, years earlier, he was on the defense of you, the use of the red button. On Facebook and several forums, when people were, you know, like, "Oh, th- this is sad that this happened." Yeah. Can we maybe relit- litigate if this is kind of how we want? Yeah. This competition to be in the spirit of this competition because it happened like two or three times. Yeah. In, uh, in 2016, and 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 he was like, "Nope," and he was all, all of them like, "Nope." These are the fucking rules. They sucked. Someone should have told him they sucked. And so right. now, you know, it's nice that three years later, he was he told on or... the biggest stage, like, "Yeah, you're." You're not even bad enough to talk about <laughs> <laughs> um and uh the
0: so wait the competitions will be in north america ish uh
1: yeah or, so or I, I, I you know i i actually do not know where i b m is next year I'm, I'm gonna have to uh um look and
0: it. will you prepare like the same uh ten minutes that you is it is it the same structure? Is what I'm saying.
1: Um, see, that's the thing. No, uh, a lot of the competitions have <laughs> it's different... Forty-five minutes. A lot of the. Comp- set. I mean, like, if it, a lot of competitions will be like six to eight minutes, uh-huh. you know, or like an eight-minute time limit. So what you kind of do is you sort of yeah. take all of them and you find the overlap, and that's what you make the act to be. I see. Uh-huh. So, like, if you were to make a six and a half-minute act, um, that you can do anywhere. Yeah. Um, and, like, doesn't involve fire or something. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. at FISM, you can do it just about anything. And that's something I love about FISM, is they really do not cre- creatively inhibit you at all. Mm-hmm. They're like, do you want to do something? we'll fucking do it. I mean, the shit I saw there last year, people were making sheep appear. Like, there's this group from China really? that were, like, this sort of traditional Chinese aesthetic, and they, like, made, like, a lamb appear at the end. Hey. Um. There was a, a woman, I think she was from Fran- somewhere in Europe, who, like, did a lot of, uh, and the act was fine, but the entire act, she was um pole dancing. Uh-huh. Um, and so uh, she was like twirling around on this pole, like Walt, like doing things. He's JLo. Uh, yeah, that's God. Um, she is. For the movie. She has a lot of talents. Um, but just left like that. Like I saw, I saw wild, wild stuff. Cool. Um, that you know cannot be done many places. But and in the, in, um, they'll they'll really let you do anything. Uh, you know, one one shout I what I want to give was I I spent almost all of FISM just camped out watching those competitions. Uh-huh. It's like thirty hours of comp- straight competition. Yeah, because uh, you have one hundred and thirty people that are all doing uh ten minutes uh, plus like um, um you know the seven eight minutes to between them to reset everything. And the entire and everybody with lights and sounds and a million different hues, I never saw a single technical error. That's great. The the technical team at FISM running that competition, I can't imagine what a herculean task that <laughs> is geez. to do 130 10-minute acts. Back to 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 back day in and day out. And if you're the one that fucks up their act, that you know, right. it's there's so they're pretty high stakes there and just it was incredible. Without missing a beat, the, the the team in Busan last year did some incredible work, and they're not getting enough recognition for it. Uh, um, and uh, by the way, did you take a train to Busan? I did not. I also haven't uh, seen the movie, but I really want no. to. <laughs> I haven't seen it either. But I'm familiar. with like um, zombie movie, right?
0: Yeah. D- did Will Tsai do FISM?
1: Um, I don't think he's ever competed. He performed that act at FISM, though. Okay. Um, you can buy that act You can now. buy that for on Vanishing Ink. I thought about it. I mean, it's
0: surprisingly inexpensive.
1: It is, and that's almost why I bought it. So, for those no, that know, it's probably sold out now. Because within three days, it went from like we have three hundred to less than oh, really? fifty. So, my guess is that it's sold out now, or maybe that was just you know some sales. I just it. buy one for the podcast. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It's a tax write-off. Uh, so, his <laughs> yeah. like rose uh, matrix act that he did on AGT is for sale for three hundred dollars, which is surprisingly affordable. Now, granted, to anyone listening to this that famously doesn't work this, you can't do it anywhere. Even, like, if you just film it, you still need to edit that so, like, the lighting and shit looks good. Uh, it's... Um... You, like, couldn't buy it and do it live. That being Um, said... It's still
0: available for pre-order.
1: That being said, I think it's cheap enough that there's probably some smart applications. Like I, I would spend them. if I could afford it. I would spend the money like, on that to learn, to, to learn, to, to, you know, uh, not literally, but like strip it for parts and go, what can I do with this technology that yeah. might actually work? And that's where there's a, a, a matrix that I came up with, you know, last year that you right. and I worked on a lot. Um, that with a similar mission it was like how do I take the style of magic that some people are doing on AGT right won't name any names but be able to do it in a way where it could be performed live in front of a real audience right um, the same sort of the same uh, quality but yeah. be able to do it live and then that's where that coin routine came came from
0: I believe that some version of this table, so there's been some will size stuff that's been for sale before mm-hmm. uh and has been in more like the
1: 1500 to right. th- to 3000 thousand dollar area and you're the one i believe way back in the day about a little over a year and a half ago now uh, when we were just becoming friends and you we were talking a lot about magic and stuff on, on facebook yeah you sent me a video of a guy oh
0: yes who debunked it a
1: little yes bit. um he I, I don't remember his name but he like he had like face paint it's, from like uh, the nose down captain
0: disillusioned
1: sure and he was doing a video basically targeting will sigh but yeah. his a lot of uh, people some of his,
0: especially some of will Sai's other uh, social media videos
1: right and so like some videos of his basically saying this is these are edited and this is how and he's able to break down really like to frame rate everything yeah, yeah, yeah. um not only is america's got talent performance but yeah some of the stuff right. he puts up on youtube and things um and on, on i feel like i should you know in solidarity be like that's fucked up on the other hand the 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 Tone he comes away with at the end of this video video um, really makes me in favor of this guy's mission. He's basically like, he's basically said something along the lines that magicians work really really hard to make this stuff look as real as possible. Right. It cheapens it when there are people faking it because um, then it makes it kind of you know spoils yeah. the spoils the whole thing. Yeah. Um, and you know what? With that lens, you know, keep on going, Captain Captain Disillusion. Yeah. Um, so for my my initial response is like, oh fuck this guy, you know, just yeah. more mass magician bullshit. You know, why do you need to go out of your way to ruin these he things? But when de- he's ruining stuff that is faked, then I'm all for it.
0: Yeah, he, de- be he
1: debunks a lot of,
0: like, viral videos that it's right. like... Right, it's like, look at <laughs> this crazy trick shot we made. Yeah. Um, and the the Will Side stuff was that when he did the Rose Act on TV, that they had um, mostly, a, mo- a lot of it is that they had manipulated the black levels. Right. So, actually, in I would say a year later, I'm less hard on the Rose Act issue because um
1: well actually it's an interesting conundrum I, i'm pretty hard on it and i will tell you why but go, you go ahead
0: well the question is is so so even when you purchase this thing it's like you can't do this up close so right. it's not meant to be a close-up performance does it tell um, you that does it warn you that yeah and it says basically you kind of have to do it on camera almost right. because it uh it's it needs the distance of a certain distance for the effect to work but Here's the conundrum. the The moves and the the I would say the moments of magic in it do feel like close-up magic, right. So you're basically saying that it has to be like a close-up back that's done on a video screen, right? So if that is the f- medium that you're creating a piece of magic in, then that would include you making sure that like when AGT um lights their thing, or when they do run posts on this video, that they use black levels to make sure that, like, the little black art is not seen. Right. right. Um, however, I think the Will size other social media, he has a lot more, like, casual, like, Instagrams that are like, here, I made this pen disappear or whatever. Mm-hmm. And Captain Disillusion does go into those yeah. where you can see that, like, he made a pen disappear, but there's the reflection of it on his buttons. Right. And you can still see, and he didn't fix that part. Right. Um, I think those are more, like... Probably worth pointing out, but how are you hard on the Rose
1: Act? The reason I'm hard on the Rose Act is because the same reason I'm hard on on certain. Um, I shouldn't say. Uh, I should more of a pause between the words "hard" and "on." Uh, the
0: other day, I was playing a game called Dota Two, the uh-huh. video game. Um, I'm familiar with which I'm uh, a- actively trying not to
1: play these days. Sure. And, um, I mean, I'm 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 addicted to World of Warcraft right now. So. Oh really? Yeah. You,
0: were you? Have you continuously been, or did you get back in?
1: Um, no, I've been, I I played a little bit as a kid um, when I was in like sixth grade. I kind of quit when it got. But a lot of people difficult. recently have been like, I got yes, drawn back because they re-released the original one. Ah. Um, and and, and uh, I guess a lot of people didn't like the newer one so they re-released the 2004 version uh-huh. um, and a lot of my close friends started playing it and then I don't see them anymore unless I play this game with them <laughs> <laughs> and I'm having a good time but yeah but uh, Dota 2
0: so Dota 2 is a game where you are uh, early on in the game you're trying to uh, level up and you know get gold and stuff like that and if you're a, a stronger character later in the game then the goal of the other characters is to sort of like kill you a lot early so right. that you're behind right Uh, and, uh, I I was telling this other player in the game to kill himself. (laughs) No, I was saying, uh, there is a character that can kill, kill itself. Um, there, I was saying, uh, Oh, why don't we bait? So why don't you jump in when they attack me is the gist of what I was trying to say. Right. But what I said was, uh, stand by so that you're, you'll be ready when they come on me. (laughs) 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 And, uh. Boy, did the, everyone uh, enjoy my phrasing of that right. in the game? Um, so anyway,
1: you're hard on the Rose Act. All uh, right. So the reason I'm I'm I, I come down difficultly. On, no, that doesn't work either. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, the reason I, I come hard you on come, uh, you come profusely
0: <laughs> all over Rose Act.
1: <laughs> right. God, this is getting worse and worse. Um, the, re, the reason I'm difficult with it, I've I, I I'm so tongue-tied how about now. You, how about
0: to speak the language of your generation. Right. You don't fuck with it.
1: Yes, I don't fuck with the Rose Act. And I, I don't fuck with a lot of the close-up magic that is sometimes done on America's Got Talent or shows of that ilk. Um, because what happens is Howie Mandel spends a whole season um, you know, praising a magician, going, you're the best close-up magician we've ever had. Yeah. And then that person wins, and it becomes... Now I can probably just say his name, can't I? Uh, um, should that person have won last year? Uh, but basically, once they win... And every, he becomes on the single largest television stage in the country, uh, a close up magician. And he becomes, and, and just like I said with Fism, now publicly and commercially, that becomes the standard for what close up magic is. Yeah. I cannot think of a single working close up magician that has not publicly or indirectly been compared to Shin Lim. Yeah. Um, and it, when you are and, and again, I, I, this, I won't say who it was, but the night I was at the castle the night he won and somebody said to me, um, uh. I said, so you know, how do you feel? Because it, it it just like it hadn't been aired in the West Coast yet. It was in the three hour gap where it yeah. had already aired in the, the East Coast, and so he's like, "Oh, is it? Did it happen?" I was like, "Yeah, it happened." Um, and then I went, "How do you feel?" And he just the only words out of his mouth were, "It's a close up act. You can't do close up." And that was that was all all he said. Yeah. And so I what is very important to me is if you want to is representation. You have to remember that this is a live medium. And so what's happening is if you're setting a standard that cannot be recreated in the actual standard from which that comes from, I find that to be a problem. Yeah. So,
0: I I think some people would argue, and I, I might have maybe Simon Cornell said this on his. Uh, I've, I've heard it on a magic podcast argued that he isn't doing close-up magic,
1: right? And that, I, and at FISM, that type of act is popular. Right. Eric Chen has a similar act. Now, I, granted, I sat in a room and watched Eric Chen perform that act. Yeah. as did ten judges. You know, watching FISM, so I, I don't think that can take the same level of credit. There are ten people watching it, and they gave him first prize. Um, but it's through a video screen primarily, right? Um, you know, it's, I don't. Well, I mean, the, the judges can see. The judges are, uh, are sitting front row, okay. um, and that's that's. Uh, I don't really know. But how close are they? Not super. Uh, Ten feet? I mean, you know, yeah, yeah. there's some distance. Uh, yeah. So I, I don't know all the ins and outs of it. Right. But I know that it was done live and given an award based upon that performance. Yeah. Um,
0: I guess the thing I would say is that it's not like Shin Lim has created this mode of uh, close-up style things on a stage. Like It seems like a lot this, of fism I mean, pushes the same. That.
1: Yeah, the same way that... Um, you know, McDonald's didn't invent the hamburger. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, I guess. Uh,
0: didn't Shin Lim He also
1: won FISM, though, right? Shin won. Now, Grant, and and I will and I will say that that act is good and it's uh-huh. very strong and it's done and it can be done live and its use of black art is very clever um, and and and. And conscious to, the, to a live performance. Right. Um, that was done. That was uh, one of his Penn and Teller performances was most of that Fism Act edited. Yes, this is some uh, all silent. The smoke in his mouth yes, and all that um, stuff. Yes, which is, at this point, all of them. Um, but uh, uh, but I believe also one of his acts on America's Got Talent was a you know, three-minute abbreviation of this act. I just think people look weird when they have the smoke in their mouth. Oh, always sure. just, you
0: know, or when they got that card in their mouth, mm-hmm. it always just looks right. Looks weird because uh, you can't look cool letting that go. You re- you can't look cool, and you can't look cool having it in your mouth. It just right, like it's just a little puffy, but yeah, yeah. So, um,
1: yeah. So there's a lot you, of actual- you
0: make a distinction between those moments in his career versus what he won
1: AGT with. Sure, uh, yeah. Because if it can be done live, great. I you know,
0: I don't know. Maybe he's got elements of that agt thing in his uh live show
1: i think he does but but anyway what i was saying was at fit, you you hear a lot about this now some people and they some people say it like it with a positive attitude and some people say with a negative attitude mm. but a lot of people think that there should be kind of a new category for fism that's called stadium close-up um and that is what they define people like eric chan yeah. and shin lim as these close-up acts that can't be done close-up and have to be done like you know on a big stage with the, through through the lens of a camera
0: yeah, I mean that's why we got to buy this uh, Rose Act. Um, I would, I would love it if someone just bought the Rose Act and just brought it to FISM, right? <laughs> and just like, uh, although this specifically says you can't, uh, you can't perform it without on TV or or, or in a competition or something. It's got it's one of those things that has a bunch of like caveats that come with it, right? Um, let's see, but I mean, but it is fascinating that you can kind of get. Access to the technology for $300, right. which is, like, just in the grand scheme of things. I mean, to get one of those, like, uh, uh, what do you call it? Like, the blizzard blower things or whatever is, like, for a Kevin James. Oh, sure. The, those are, like, really expensive.
1: Like the table with the fan in it? Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, those are much more expensive than this. I
1: wonder if, do you think this helicopter can get picked up on these mics? No. There's a helicopter outside.
0: Uh, John's being stalked by helicopter right no i think it'll be fine
1: so anyway to sort of cap that off i think that magic is not popular enough um such that the way it is represented on tv uh does not matter
0: i mean a few um, arts
1: have surpassed that but a a comedian doing weird shit isn't going to spoil comedy um and not saying that there have been bad performances on on magic uh, of magic but i think it is important that you understand that magic exists mainly as a live medium and that uh, the way you represent it on television has to, in my opinion, has to be somewhat um, faithful to that in some regard, such that you're not hurting other close-up magicians who cannot recreate something that's being done on TV live. Yeah. And then when people see them, they go, "They were fine, but they weren't as incredible as this guy on TV who right, I saw." Right, right. Uh, I think um, that's important to me.
0: I think that uh, I, I would. I, th- I think you could also argue though that he's brought a lot of positivity and exposure to magic oh i think he has
1: i think he has and so uh, that's why you know if people ask what i think i have a conflicted answer and i do
0: um also i think that one of the you just made me think of the fact that like magic i think we talked about this before we talked about how at the penguin max convention i was like oh it's like you have pop singers and opera singers in the same convention but also like there aren't very there are very few creative mediums where It's like, it's got to be the same between when it's live versus TV. So like, you know, if, if you go see a play, just if someone gets killed in a play, it's not going to look as good as it does in a TV show or movie. Like you don't expect acting to be just the same in, in live or not. And, um, so I would say that is also that because magic is a much smaller field, it isn't, it isn't. I I think it probably is big enough to sustain that diversity between of experiences so that Mm -hmm. um, hopefully a person isn't at the close up gallery being like, you know, I don't know, um, like disappointed that they they didn't see, you know, this incredible like stuff. Um, I also think that the the magic that's been on TV, like Shin Lim and Eric Chen has also to a degree broadened what people think magic could look like oh sure um and i think that's good and then it, in a way there are a lot of like instagram magicians who uh have caught up to some of those things like some of the things that will side does that captain disillusion is critical of um are like color changes or vanishes that like i have seen very close equivalents of in real life absolutely um and i wonder if like it's a thing that like 10 years ago people would have been like well i can't do that and now, ten years later, I feel like there's people uh, that are just like, "Well, let's figure out a way to like do that," you right? Know? Absolutely, yeah. Um, so they've kind of caught up to the to the lie in mm-hmm. a way, because um, I think we mentioned last time Eddie and his partner, right? they 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 do some vanishes that are crazy, oh, unbelievable. Um, and also, I've been seeing a lot of like color changes <laughs> recently. Um, some a magician that you don't particularly care for uh i uh, one of the very few that you mentioned that you just i think rubs you the wrong way uh he has a particularly like um abrasive arrogant view about like how hard magicians should work and how how difficult moves should be uh, i think you saw his lecture
1: yeah okay, okay. i was, i had a feeling that's what you're talking about he doesn't have much online to like look
0: at but sure. there are a couple, couple like where he just demonstrates like a color change and it's right. like holy shit that's Oh, he's, no, that's the thing. Yeah. From the wrists down, he's great. <laughs> <laughs> and that is not my quote. Yeah. Um, so anyway, you are back at the castle December in December, N-
1: right? 9th through 15th, like um, close
0: up. What, do you want to talk at all about what you are... Uh, you want to tell me how you do all the tricks?
1: <laughs> yeah. So um, I saw... Right. Just basically, when I was thinking coming up with my inspiration, I went on to Vanishing Ink, and I found this table they're selling. Yeah. Um. <laughs> And uh, so it's on its way. It'll get here December eighth, and then we're, we're going to roll the dice. We're going to yeah. see how that on the table. You're yeah. just
0: going to play D and D.
1: Yeah, yeah. Actually, somebody should do a.
0: I, I, you know what? If magicians out there who need like plots, right? I've got plenty of plots for you. Yeah. Somebody should do a D and D. Sorry, go ahead. D and D. Sorry, <laughs> keep going. I'm, uh, I'm done. Um, a Dungeons and Dragons, uh, like ten minute set where you do some magic with dice and. Like D&D props? I have an idea. And you use the little... Don't, don't the Game Masters typically have a little screen? Yeah. You use that. What's I, your
1: idea? Um, I have an idea to use, because uh, I play D&D, and so I, I, sit, I sit with these little dice on You have, night. or you are playing. Um, I haven't in a while, since I left oh, for Edinburgh. Oh, I thought Edinburgh. you had a campaign you were on. Sorry? I
0: thought you were part of a regular... I,
1: game. I was, and then when I left for Edinburgh, um, Aaron and I were part of the same campaign, campaign oddly enough. Aaron Hollander, yeah. friend, friend of the cast, um, who... Uh, we your your
0: real life uh, quest took you to Scotland. Yes.
1: Um, <laughs> yeah. And uh, anyway, so I I would sit with these little you play with these uh, um, these different sided dies uh, all night. After those of you who have not played D anD D, or if you are not familiar with it, but if you are listening to this, you definitely have heard of it. So um, <laughs> no one's like no one put down their Wall Street Journal to listen to this podcast. Side so note: I was really recently talking to someone
0: about um, about how much they they uh, movies like how much they loved movies and he was like what are some movies that you like and I was like well I don't know if I, I do really like this movie but
1: I watched the movie Steve Jobs again because it's leaving is it the Fassbender one yes great movie I, I've I watched
0: that I will rewatch that over and over I think over. that movie is so underrated it's I also, thought that was
1: an incredible it's available film. on
0: HBO streaming right now mm-hmm. and, it, and the reason I saw it is it's leaving at the end of November Got it. so I watched it again and I was like I watched the movie Steve Jobs and he was like I've never heard of it and I was like so how into movies
1: are you because right. like I'm pretty sure he was nominated. What's uh, yeah, he was. Um, I think, <clears throat>
0: and I think the screenplay at least
1: must have. Been I know. I remember Fassbender was. Yeah. Um, as he showed up. Yeah, I think that movie's great. Uh, my 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 ten seconds second spiel on that is, I think the way that movie is formatted is brilliant. Brilliant. It's, it's basically like three three different big product launches in his life, and it's his evolving relationships with the same five people through those three things. So he like he has conversations with, uh, um, Kate Winslet. Um, and uh, and his daughter and Stuhlbarg uh, Michael Stuhlbarg, um and, and uh, uh, Seth Rogen Jeff Daniels Jeff Seth Daniels, Rogen and Jeff yeah. Wozniak and it's those same five people through different times in history all right before these like three of his biggest product launches like also, an hour leading up to that and it's just a fantastic film well it's amazing so because my, my, I think that's probably my favorite Sorkin uh, it might be
0: yeah also it helps that it wasn't directed by him but um, the because Daniel Boyle is a great director sure Um, but it's a great example of an organic, the not organic necessarily, but the structure of a piece of art reflecting something important about that person, Mm -hmm. because that is how he, um, like, that's how we know Steve Jobs a lot, like is through these like public launches. Right. And also it was a very, very important thing to him. Um, also I will say all those people you mentioned, plus, uh, Sarah Snook from Succession, Okay. Uh, it, who plays Shiv on Succession, which mm-hmm. I just recently started watching, is like I only watched. I've only been watched three episodes. Okay, I she's she's like that. a uh, running the event, so she's in. Yes, three. I know.
1: When I looked her up, it said she was on Steve Jobs. Like who who is she? In yeah, Steve Jobs? she he's she's one, one of the Andes. She's
0: the one where he's like, you got to get these exit signs turned off, and right. she's like, I can't. It's illegal. It's she's the one. She's like pulled up. I was like, oh, that's Shiv. Um. Anyway. Anyway, back to uh, magic. Back <laughs> to magic. You were saying, how do we get on this? Oh, <laughs> something a movie.
1: That I, can't <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I don't know how we got into it either but uh, oh we were talking about people who are into movies yes um, I do have a bit into movies where I go no I'm so into movies I've actually seen every important movie ever like name a big movie and oh uh, Jaws no I've never I don't know that one try everyone. one that's not uh, but, but besides uh, that I've seen every movie ever made Citizen Kane no, I don't. I don't know that one. Okay, try another. And I just go for as long. <laughs> as They'll entertain this. It just the I mean, the biggest movie. Um, but, 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 you I, were talking about a um uh and the Dungeons and Dragons, idea. right? Oh, so I had an idea for this routine. Um, I wanted to do it. so. Uh, there's these different sided dice of all varieties, and the most common one is a D twenty, which is a twenty sided die. Yeah. So I thought, and there's also a D twelve, which is a twelve sided die. Uh, the D, I believe, stands for dimension. How many dimensions are on this die? Uh, for anyone that didn't know that. And I could be wrong, but what the fuck do I know? Um, <laughs> it's too busy kissing girls. Am I right? That was me high-fiving myself because Chris <laughs> wouldn't. Um, uh, no, ba- I, I, no, no evidentiary basis to uh, uh, yeah, uh, perform I was, that I, high-five. I wasn't that busy. Um, <laughs> no, but uh, so I had an idea to do um, a routine where uh, it was in any card, any number. And the way that number was generated was people would roll. You'd get two D mm. twenties, 20s had sided die, and a D twelve, and then you would just add oh, up the numbers. There you go. Um, so you would go from. I, technically, you'd only be going from um, three to uh, to fifty two. So you can do number one or number two because right. the lowest you get on any of those three dice. The idea was you <laughs> pick a card. What's well, so that? Would be great. Any card, any number. Right. A, one. Well, there it is. Right. So <laughs> the idea was I, I came up with a method for a hands off. Um, any card, any number. You pick a card, like the deck's shuffled, and then I don't have to do anything. I like walk away from the table, you roll the dice, and you deal with the cards, and it comes up there. Um, and I think I can still do this. You have a method for this? I do have an idea for a method. Wow. Um, uh, Does it involve uh, having an illusionist cast a spell? Yes. <laughs> um, it involves buying this $300 table. No, I, I just never get off off of this. Um, I can only do it on America's Got Talent and no... Real. Is this
0: a method that you have performed? No. Okay. It's
1: because I I... I back to my engineering tr- problems but remember that um th- you 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 bought a trick uh, that uh where you would take something and you would you would toss it and then it would always do the same thing yes 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 uh, i don't want to say totally get into this but imagine that <laughs> same technology right um with uh a with three, yeah yeah and i think that would work maybe yeah
0: uh, that that would also be an engineering challenge. Yes, absolutely. Because yeah, that is not a common that. item that you can purchase, probably. No, <laughs> which not. I, and also, I don't think it exists. Uh, although I did actually, I read recently on, I think on Reddit, somebody um, played their first D&D game and had accidentally purchased a loaded die so that when they <laughs> rolled their character stats and stuff, they were like
1: 18-18-18. Like they were all like really high. There's this recurring joke in one of the later seasons of Archer uh-huh. where someone says something like gross or weird to a character that's very sadistic. Yeah. And then uh there's like this weird noise, and then somebody just goes like, I just heard you get an erection," <laughs> <laughs> and uh and that that was real applicable right now. <laughs> <laughs> um uh yeah. well
0: I I was gonna are is there anything higher than a D twenty? That's my question. Oh
1: yeah, absolutely. There's a D hundred. What? Yeah. Um, and it's basically, just at first glance, it looks like a ball, uh, which is like a bunch of little little dimples there's, on it. Uh, um, but yeah, there's D, everything.
0: How do you even, looking at it, determine what number is yeah, on top?
1: Well, yeah, just because it, there are all these tiny little, um, uh, you know, sides carved into, I don't know what you call it. There's basically like a ball, and then around that is like a plastic cover that has, uh, um, at least the one my friend has. Uh, I guess Does it have, have a little
0: window that's like, this is the one that's on top?
1: No, it it really is just like... It's about th- the size of a golf ball. Huh. Oh, yeah, imagine imagine like the dimples on a golf ball. Yeah, um, and those roll and it will stay flat when it on a flat surface. Well, because there's cause one when I
0: imagine I'm like if I rolled a golf ball I would be I wouldn't be able to necessarily determine which of those dimples was the right. Top
1: one. I'm more interested in small die like a D two or D three or D four uh, like a four sided die. It's just a small D four I've used. It's, yeah, it's a little tri pyramid. Um, yeah, could you have a D three? Yeah, you could. Uh, you what you do? Uh, it's hard to describe. I, I'll I'll put. Is a there picture. some kind of
0: like spheroid element to it or something? Um, just imagine like. I mean, I I do have an idea for a D two
1: die. I think we often have them in our pockets, right? <laughs> um, but like, no, D three does exist. I'll, I'll post a picture of one on the Instagram. You could actually um, you could
0: actually uh, make like a. Um, um, because actually a coin is technically like a D3. <laughs> like if you feel it and it landed right. on the edge, that's right. three. So you could actually expand that to the point that, mm-hmm. that the probabilities are equal. Right. That they land. Uh, so anyway, your
1: Magic Castle X. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, I, I love our tangents though. I'm sure nobody else listening does, but I enjoy them. Um, uh, so yeah, so I, I basically right now working towards essentially the same act I did last year uh-huh. with some improvements. I think if I can improve upon what I did last year, I'll be happy. I don't think there's, like, completely... Th- there's one trick I would say is on the chopping block if I have something that's bigger and better than that, and that's the, the a trick with um, two decks of cards, and it's a sandwich trick with two decks of cards. Uh, uh-huh. You're familiar with it?
0: Yes. This is, uh... To be like vague based on a certain
1: setup yeah 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 yeah. so that, i've been that, doing it for a while something
0: else with a certain setup in the set as well
1: yes uh that's the blindfold routine yeah. and that's staying because I, I, I think one, one hand I, what's nice about these routines is that i've been doing many of them for so long that it's not you just can, a, you can phone it in <laughs> yeah it's just, i don't have to try anymore because i'm just i'm so good um <laughs> no but what, what um it's gonna be a sound bite uh that helicopter's been hovering this entire time. Yeah, now I think someone is being hunted. Uh, um, there, we get helicopters in this area every once in a while. Sure, I did park illegally, so I wonder if they're just really honing in on that. Well, have you seen Watchmen? Um, I have not watched Watchmen. Well, yet. something from Watchmen's going to happen to your car. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> um, so, uh, right, um, what's nice that I've been doing these routines so long that on top of them, on on them just being like strong pieces of magic, I've been doing them for long enough that I've really kind of built. Um, like, my character around them. Yeah. Um, and I feel very comfortable performing them. And you've so, done
0: that thing of, like, it, they have failed in a hundred different ways. Yeah. So you're kind of a little bit uh, right. bulletproof.
1: It's funny. One happened um, to my blindfold trick the other day. Ooh, what happened? Uh, and I caught it, and I fixed it. And it probably look a little weird. but um, Oh. And uh, so basically, you're, someone's supposed to cut some cards off the top of the deck and hold them. Uh, in front of them, yeah. And so, what I had a blindfold on. Now, I don't need to use the peak in the blindfold. I could do the real routine blindfolded, um, yeah. but I use it as insurance more than anything else. Right. This is one of the times I'm glad I did uh, because um, again, structural racism in the magic field. Uh, Exactly. Um,
0: (laughs) Nobody Asian can do these peaks.
1: Oh, right. That's right. Uh, (laughs) You're telling me about that. Um, Well, I'm sorry. I brought it up. (laughs) At any rate. I'm just saying you have a privilege there. Yeah. Mindful privilege. You're you're correct. I don't even have a a bit for that. Uh, um, So this person reached forward, cut off about 10 or 15 cards with his right hand held onto those, reached forward with his left hand to cut off the actual pile he was going to be holding onto, and then put the original pile back. Whoa, yeah. Which, would, which, I'm done if he does that. I am done. So, because I just, for insurance, I'm watching him cut. I used to hold the cards in my hand as people did this, and it is stronger if I don't have to touch, touch the cards. Right. I um, mean, they can't feel me, you know, uh, they, they can't see me doing that. So, let that. me
0: ask you a couple questions. Did he pulled out a middle chunk to get his portion, mm-hmm. and then he put the top part back on top? Yes. Did he then leave it there? Yes. So did he leave you a break that you could recut back to? That's exactly what I did.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, that's great. So I saw he basically left a tiny little half step. I picked up at that break, and I now granted because the reason I did this is I was doing um, a magic bar pop-up event at the Avalon Hall in Hollywood um, mm-hmm. for like a charity thing and so uh, I did like two back-to-back sets and they're like 15-18 minute long sets so I was basically doing some longer pieces kind of trimmed all the fat and just like went through them because we had to like kind of reset and a lot of people um, so this, in, instead of like, usually I have a longer explanation of like how to cut what you're doing, how many cards you have just right off the top. Doesn't matter how many you get. Cause a lot of people, if they get too few or too many, they tend to try to go back and re and redo it, yeah. which in six out of 10 times they, they then do something that hurts me. Right. right. Um, so usually I I kind of now have to explain that away before I get to it. But this, I don't really have time to do that. So I just, like, a little experimental and a little dangerous. I just said, reach forward, pick up about 10 or 15 cards off the top, hold them in front of you, and we'll pass them to someone else. And clear enough, but just concise enough that I hoped we'd be okay. Mm-hmm. So he picks up those cards, cuts from the middle, puts the first cards back, um, ruining my stack and ruining this routine. Um, but he leaves a break, so I pick it up. Unfortunately, because I was so on the spot and this was so sudden, I, didn't have a, I did not have a clever... Um, I did not have a clever reason to, so I basically reached for his cards to take them back before anybody else can cut or do anything. I put them back and I have them have him restart. And I basically did something along the lines of like, you know, what, actually, let's start over. Try, let's try this again. And oh, And I oh, put the cards back and I go. I just want to shuffle them one more time. I did a false shuffle, and then yeah. I said, okay, let, and then, then I held them in my hand and then I just reinforced it. To, Sorry, I just pick up about ten or fifteen cards and I don't even know if he was going to try to do it again. But as soon as he had them off the top, I just moved my hand. Okay,
0: if you had, if you were confident in your cutting back to the original setup. Could you have just continued from there? What do you mean? Uh, so wait, he... Cu- oh, he cut from the middle. You didn't mean for him to cut from the middle. Is your yes. Point? Ah, I see. Um... Yeah, I, want, I mean, I feel like I. there must be some way that you could have just kept going.
1: I've been thinking about it. Probably. I, I would honestly, I would need to sit down and draw it out. I would need to like yeah. sit down. With the deck of cards. I, I can't visualize it. I would need to sit down and be like, all right, let's say you take off the top 10 cards, pull off 15 cards in the middle. How can I do this routine? My, the quick answer is I think that I would have to, immediately in that moment, I would have to make sure that, you couldn't shuffle your cards anymore. I think I think did, I would need to be using that peak to track a little bit more, and if you shuffled them, it would make it too hard for me to follow.
0: Well the other thing is that you would have to um Okay, well, imagine if you took out the middle uh-huh. like that, and then you got cut this
1: and you cut it back to the original and then you peaked the bottom card. Oh, that's very interesting. That would probably work if it's, I just cut from there and that became the new top. Yeah. Still a bit more um, work to do and a yeah. lot more mental gymnastics to do. Yeah, um, that would I would be afraid to do for the first time in front of an audience. Yeah. Also, th- uh, that is interesting. I, you know what? When we're done here, I kind of want to try that. Well, see.
0: the other thing is that um, you probably e- even if even if even if like let's say a chunk got cut into the wrong area like this, uh-huh. uh, I'm taking a top portion and putting it into the middle of the deck so that the, this setup is like kind of fucked up. You could probably continue, but the reveals would not need would not be this. You could probably continue if it was a different trick
1: that doesn't end the way that that does. Yeah.
0: Because it's very complete how that trick ends. Yeah, the
1: trick ends with me so, taking the, the second person's cards and naming all the cards I yeah, have in their hand. If
0: it was a trick that was just, like, dependent on the stack to help you figure out a couple pieces of information, mm-hmm. I bet you could you could fuck up the cut a couple times in, right. like, 96% be okay because it's only affecting like two or three cards in the the order but because of the way that trick ends i think that like your other alternative is to shift the, the end is just like the reveals are much less impactful right i mean i'm it sounds like i mean it's also amazing that you can think to do that like in the in the middle of doing it uh like to just to see that's like if i was doing that i'd just be like well let's move on to the next <laughs> just like let's just do something else right or like uh you know you actually your card is invisible right uh, and and it's in this deck <laughs> yeah it's in this other one right um so you think that the the two deck one is
1: potentially if I were to take something out and put something else in it would be that that still has the biggest so the, for those of you that don't know um, it's the routine whereby there are two All I can say what the routine is I I, I do it yeah, I'll just say their genius. It's out of Pitt Hartling's book, In Order to Amaze. It's a book that in, in his uh, book is called um, Catch Me If You Can. The idea is I give you deck cards to put in your pocket. Um, I do a sandwich trick with mine. Uh, and then we're, I basically you pick a card and then you pick the two cards that are going to sandwich it. They do so. And then those same two cards sandwich the same card in a different deck of cards. Mm-hmm. Um, and I use one of the alternate methods that he describes. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't use the, the main method because I'm a little lazy asshole. <laughs> uh, um, and I came up with a lazier method. Uh I I use a lazier method, but, um, that routine is, uh, I would say has the most creative questions to it that I still have not answered with any finality. Mm -hmm. So basically what what that involves is somebody names a card to start the routine. And then the idea is that card is never selected, but, um, that's actually, let's, let's, let's talk about this for a moment. Um, this Mm. is something, and I'm, I'm, I, I, I don't know if I agree with this note. I like the note. I was happy. I got it. And it got me thinking in a way that I might not have otherwise done, but uh People Villanueva was performing last time I was at the close up gallery. He's in the parlor. Mm. And um Great parlor magician. Phantom, probably my favorite of last year. Yeah, um, one I, of my
0: favorite stand-up acts. Uh, yeah, he, just,
1: he was really terrific. Just some really, he's really, Such really, a great really, style as well. Yeah, really good performer. Uh, if people is ever back in your neighborhood, um, if you did, or like back in the U.S. doing stuff in New York or Chicago or... Definitely uh, see him. Uh, definitely see him. Really uh, I worth also seeing. recommend he's got a... Pre- I forget what it's called, but he's got a good uh, video that he sells. Cool. Yeah. Uh, that I'm not familiar with. Anyway, so he saw my act and he liked it and he was very, very kind. And a couple days later... Uh, he respectfully said, like, hey, um, I have a thought for you and this one trick, if you're comfortable hearing it, send it to me on Facebook, and he was great, and it was, I thought it was very nice, and it, yeah, it, he
0: approached me respectfully. Didn't, didn't come up to you after a show, like, I got, some, I got some... He's uh, like,
1: that was... He didn't come up and go like, that was wrong. You should be doing it like this. Yeah. Um, he, you know, he, he messaged me and she uh, said some very nice things. And he basically... The, the way the routine goes, I have somebody name a card and then I basically... Uh, th- you know, I, I have somebody else cut and stop and, and you know, pick the two cards that'll be the sandwich. Um, I, I, I don't tell them that that's what's gonna be doing, but mm-hmm. that's the idea. They pick the cards that, you know, find the sandwich. They go face up in the deck. The person cuts the cards and completes them. And then at the end, we spread through the cards and those two cards have... Face up in the deck with one sandwich between them, which is your card. Um, and then at the end, you know, I, I do this whole thing about the other cards, um, you know, the other deck having the same two cards catching. There's mm-hmm. sort of this build up to that. And he was saying basically this. I'm, I, I, You know what? I bet if I actually if I'd prepared, I, I would uh, be able to find that conversation probably. But he was basically saying... Then we saying, can hear your great uh, um, Spanish accent. <laughs> he didn't like... The, his problem with that effect was in the way that the card was revealed to me the identity of their of what they wanted their card to be was revealed to me uh, too early. Um, for that for, for the first half of that trick. He goes the second half is very very strong. He goes, and it kind of felt like the entire trick was building up to the climax of the second trick, which in a way it is. Mm-hmm. Um for in, in, in the
0: structure of your close-up set, I remember it you gave someone a deck at the beginning of the At the, the show. beginning,
1: yeah. And I think um and I have some thoughts on that as well. Um uh-huh. And uh, uh, requiring the audience to bring a deck. Yes, um, and, I need, and I need. I just need five minutes with it before the show, and then I yeah. take about an hour before each show, go through every deck, <laughs> stack it, put it back in their pockets, and then okay, great, now watch the show. But no, so um, uh, he was he was basically saying, yeah, I, I think there is sometimes like. Uh, I agree that it kind of serves for the climax of the effect in the terms that that first effect, the initial sandwich, Mm -hmm. if there's some reason why it doesn't hit super hard, I know we're going to like hitting like a 10, you know, Um, like we're we're getting to a 10. So while I would love this to also be a 10 or a nine, if it's a seven... But I know it's getting us to a 10. I don't totally mind that. Right. Peebo was saying, you, I should mind that. And he was basically saying, like, just because you're getting to a better second effect doesn't mean that it should come at the expense of the first effect. Right. So what he was saying is you, um, he didn't like, because I the card is said to me, and then we do the entire trick. But the card and is was, named? Yes. The card is named at the top of the effect before okay. I've done anything. And then throughout the routine, two now selected cards. Um, catch the or named card. Detectives, two detectives, right? Two detectives. Let's keep
0: the mythology. Going. Right,
1: <laughs> keep the lore. Uh, keep the lore.
0: Uh, um, what and, are de- or what are detectives in the D and D world? Um, paladins, maybe. I guess. I don't know. There, I think it's there's certainly rogues, right? But there isn't like a class that's like. Is there that's like I investigator? Know, I don't know. There's an <laughs> I feel like there should be. Maybe. We're building a whole D&D show for you. (laughs) Right. Uh, I'd be so into that. And then you,
1: like, get booked at, like, (laughs) Comic-Cons. Right. Oh, fuck. That's a whole... Build my own little career. Yeah. Um, So, he was saying that the fact that the card is named so early weakens the effect because he thinks... And this is kind of what it comes to debate. And I tend to come down, I think, just differently on this issue than he does. And I'm curious what you would think. What what do you think as a layman, not you specifically because I don't consider you a layman, but Mm. what do you, uh, as a layman think, is, is more plausible for me to find the card that I need to find. The idea that you say a card to me, and then we do a trick, and at the end that card is caught and revealed, or the card is never named to me or anyone else in the audience, theoretically, but instead you pick a card, nobody else looks at it, it's a return to the deck, and then the same process is completed. He was saying that that might be a way to strengthen routine, because therefore I don't know the identity of the card, and therefore other people um, can't... Other people might be more willing to believe that I I had less ability to manipulate the card. Hmm. I tend to come down on the side that the card being removed and placed back into the deck that I'm in control of um, leads to a a higher likelihood of audiences assuming that I could manipulate that card to be where I want it to be. Mm -hmm. I think there's a lower likelihood of that when they... Tell me what the card is. Peepo seems to come down on the other end of that. Fairly, mm-hmm. I think. I don't think there's really a right answer here. Uh, he seems to think that uh, the, the identity of the card get being given to me early on, um, I think he just draws a direct line between the impossibility, the effect, to my knowledge of what the card is. Uh-huh. And so if the idea is if, if, if that... Identity is given to me at the very, very end, right before the card is revealed, with no ability for me to then switch it once I know what the card is. Right. Uh, that is improving upon the fact, and as opposed to finding out what the card is. So basically, he wants to shorten the, the amount of time from when I hear the card to when the card is revealed. I mean, to, it, it might be you know half a second. It to,
0: might be to, a good to reason to do it at the close close-up set this year to just throw in a couple where you do it that way and see how it goes. I might. Um, or next time you're doing magic bars or right. something like that.
1: Now, and also, I mean, because basically the, the, my, my justification for doing the second half of the effect is acknowledging the faults of the first effect right, right, and, right, and, right? and building upon them. And I, I basically say that by virtue of me doing card magic in the show up till this point before this and then doing a routine where I'm cutting, you know, I'm cutting and I'm doing all the things. Right. The idea is um, people so easily this are willing to s- go... similar to your... Um, uh, Tossed out deck. Yeah. It's yeah. very similar because that's something I think about all the time. So it yeah. kind of permeates a lot of my routines. Um, the, the idea, the toss out deck I did at Enbro was all kind of like, how do you make a card trick stronger? Yeah. How do you make two things that are the same or, or that are the same effect, but with different methods? How do you kind of adjudicate one over the other? Yeah. And the idea of the, and now I do the toss out deck for like shows I do, like Dirty Tricks when I did the New Bad Boy Show. I just do the second half with right. a modified script. <laughs> you don't set up like a, an MP3 speaker that's no, like, hold I on, don't.
0: Uh, can we just add uh, 18 light cues? Yeah. Uh, um, so I
1: do the second half of that, basically all about like what is the perfect card trick and how do we accomplish it? Yeah. And then I go, and basically do the second half. Like, well, you have to do all these things that are really important to a right. card, you know, show the cards free choice don't touch the cards yada yada yada.
0: I would say that um, knowing what the card is at the top of this this two trick set um, it might he might be right that it hurts the it hurts the first part but I think it adds the impossibility of the second part mm-hmm. because when a person tries to reverse engineer how you did the second part, that it, it leads them down a good wrong, Uh, path which is like well he knew it was the three of hearts so he must have gotten in that how did he get into that deck in that person's pocket i know that's a ridiculous idea but like i think it leads you down that path which is like it it leads to a bunch of like um things where where your brain wants to like reboot itself because like it doesn't make sense sure and i think that if you if it's not named might lead you more towards the real solution like because it'd be like, oh, he pulled it from there. So, like, the card was uh, removed from a certain spot in the deck. Mm-hmm. And so he could just do something to make sure that it, you know... Right. You know what I mean? Like, it's not as... So, it might even be a thing that it raises the first effect
1: to, like, an 8 or 9. And reduces the second effect to an 8 or 9. I have no <laughs> idea. So, so like, that is something where I still don't really come down on a firm angle in that routine. Yeah. Um, and so...
0: Also, if you you do you feel like if you can just think of something totally else that's better, you'll you might just replace it. Uh,
1: not, I mean, I have less than a month now, um, so that is almost it never surely stopped you before. Uh, right, It's almost assuredly not going to happen. I'd yeah. rather spend that time tweaking the coin thing that I've been doing uh-huh. um, that I want. To, I'm trying to improve a little bit, um, so, but uh, that that has been a thought like that. That routine has the least. Well, I mean, I think still has a lot. The least amount of clear sort of creative um, answers to the. My problems with it. Mm -hmm.
0: Uh, A a regular coin matrix in the grand scheme of magic effects, how difficult do you think that is? Not very. Um, Like, uh, I've been wondering lately about where magicians rank certain, like, like moves or slights or whatever.
1: Right. There's also two, um, there's classically two different uh, pickup moves for that coin. Uh-huh. Uh, I, you know, on different DVDs I had growing up. One was, um, I think it was basically, I wanted to learn a matrix. And I found one of those LNL publishing, like, best of DVDs, uh-huh. which basically they take one um, trick, one, like, um, uh, archetype routine, and they go through all their LNL DVDs and find everyone who's in a routine with oh. them. So it'd be like World's Greatest Cups and Balls, and it would be seven, it would be eight different Cups and Balls routines off of eight different other LNL and l DVDs. Right. Uh, and so uh, they did a Matrix one, where it was every Matrix routine from a bunch of LNL DVDs. And uh, I, I learned the original one from Dan Fleshman, um, who I don't know if he's still uh, around. He's older now, um, but uh, as we all are, as we all are, uh, <laughs> not me. I I I, um, I seem to be going uh, the slower. other way. You're yeah. Benjamin Button yeah, it. I'm, I'm buttoning <laughs> it. Um, and so, uh, but Bill Malone off of one of his DVDs where he teaches the Matrix, he has a different pickup move. So I think there's there's one where hmm. you your your hands are sort of uh, like a claw above the card. Um, and then what you're doing is, as you're putting the cards down, you're, you're the fingers that are under the card are picking up the coin on, on his, by its edge and, and moving it somewhere else. There is another one whereby you're holding the cards in like a uh, dealing position, and what it is is, as you reach down to to deal the card, your fingers, the knuckles of the fingers that are under the card, like pinch it in your knuckles, huh. and then kind of move it somewhere else. Hmm. Um, so the Bill Malone is basically like, if you can, you know, on a close-up mat push down a coin with your middle finger and pinch it in your index finger, you can do this trick. Huh. Uh, and, and so that's not the one I use. Um, I, I, I like it less, personally, but yeah. there are two and neither are that hard. Now, granted, matrixes can get to very difficult, difficult places.
0: I, I bring it up because um, I was showing somebody like uh, Truffle Shuffle, another magician, mm-hmm. and they were saying like, well, if you can do that, you can do... I mean, the, they they reacted to the Truffle Shuffle as if it was a harder thing to do than a lot of the other things that I cannot do right like i feel relatively confident in the truffle shuffle and i feel pretty confident in the elms account right now sure um i, mean,
1: I can't do a clip shift never been able to do a clip shift yes and uh, uh people tell me that it's easier than certain things that uh-huh. i can do or people or not even necessarily that i mean I would, people have just said like clip shift isn't that hard I, I learned it in three days and i was performing it in five i'm like well i've been because i wonder wh- how wh- how many things are
0: harder than muscle pass i feel oh, like and I have muscle
1: pass like a boss yeah I, yeah i, I've I feel like that pass. is
0: Really hard.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I don't know. Because
0: I do that, and like, I can make it go one inch in right. the air. <laughs> um, oh, look at your! Uh, oh yeah, I got my one loose Rubialis, Rubialis, uh, uh, wallet
1: where you, where you painted these uh, caricatures. Yeah, uh, a lot of fun.
0: The uh, I love Spanish magic. I I feel like I will, will hate uh, or do hate a lot of their. Uh, visual aesthetic. (laughs) Oh, sure. Um, it reminds me of like, uh, this show called spitting image. Uh huh. That was, uh, these weird puppets back in the day. Sure. Uh, British show that had like political puppets. If you ever have seen the Genesis video land of confusion. Okay. It's got, it's got characters that look a lot like the drawings on that. coin purse. Um, well we're at uh, 63 minutes. Right. We had nothing to talk about.
1: Uh, I actually had some stuff, but I oh, never got to let's it. Let's do it next week. Uh, yeah, let's do it next week. I'm, I'm, I'm Unless it's time that. sensitive. Um,
0: uh, is no, you picking the Astros in eight to win the World Series. Right. I
1: feel like the Astros, I, yeah, I think the Nationals uh, are going to take it back.
0: You know, I bought an Astros hat because I'm from Houston and uh-huh. the Dodgers were out. And then I made, immediately it became problematic because the uh, Astros were defending a domestic abuser. Oh, were they? I didn't know oh, yeah. any of this. Oh, yeah. One of their pl- um, assistants or like assistant manager or whatever after they won a game, shouted at female reporters, I'm so glad we have whoever a player that was like uh cited for domestic abuse and then the Astros signed him mid season Somewhat controversially. Mm. So instantly I was just like, well, this is already, I just bought this hat. Now right. I don't feel like wearing it. Got it. And then. What nat- a
1: crazy series that was. Well, then
0: the Nationals won. won. Yeah. Uh, yeah, where ever, the road team won every single game. Yeah, and the road team won every. Uh, I've never, I don't know. And then uh, Nationals the uh, guys uh, put on MAGA hats. <laughs> oh, they did? Yeah. Well, one of them like spoke. Um, very warmly about Trump at the when they met them, and then one of the didn't one a couple didn't go though, right? A couple didn't go, but one of the guys as he was walking out put on a MAGA hat. And I was just like, oh boy, yeah, that's um, rough. I don't know about any of that. So anyway, World Series. Uh, that's your World Series update. Uh, we'll have one every week <laughs> yeah. until the next one. And then
1: we won't have them during the next World Series.
0: Um, so tell me your dates again for the Magic Castle.
1: I've um, actually got a lot of shows coming up oh, in December. Oh, um, So I'm going to be at the Magic Castle, December 9th through 15th, late close up. Um, I don't know about the 14th because I think it's a buyout. So if you're planning on the 14th, which is a Saturday, don't plan on that. Um, and then uh, on, on the, the fall, I like to always string these together if I can for the momentum. On Monday and Tuesday, the 16th and 17th, I'll be at Magic Bar. Mm. And then that weekend on Saturday and Sunday, the twenty first and twenty second of December, I'll be at Magic Mania at Santa Monica Playhouse. Hey, with uh, I believe that weekend I'll be with Jeff Black uh, and Dennis Farrell. Oh, cool! Dennis Farrell's the guy that does Blue Animals. Awesome. Who I've been told kills in front of that crowd with those kids.
0: Um, I have uh, I don't know what I have. I have comedy shows here and cool. there, uh, but.
1: Okay. How was uh, um, your husband's in the Seychelles right now doing uh, Thrones f- for one night? He just did
0: uh, 27 hours of travel. Uh-huh. They've been there like a day and a half now. Okay.
1: So, Have uh, I they I on the show a- yet?
0: No, they did tech all day. Cool. They're exactly 12 hours ahead of us, so right now it's 5 a.m. there. Okay, uh, But they did a tech all day. I thought they – and then uh, like in – 12 hours i guess or 18 hours they'll be doing their show fun and then uh i believe he gets to stay there for like 24 or 48 hours just in the resort i don't know if you saw photos of the resort oh my god (laughs) i've I've
1: seen the two people i because i follow him i follow ashley and i follow mary lou yes um so and all three of them are posting like these just by the way
0: not in not nearly uh, like it's very much in the realm of possibility that you could do that gig Cause that gig, when I did that gig, is where I met John Archer, right, and is when I met um, Nick uh, Einhorn. Wow! Um, on two separate occasions, they were the magician for that week, and like, are they getting paid well? Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, decently well. I mean, enough that
1: like um, enough to justify.
0: If, you know what? What's funny is I think we got paid decently well, and we were a six person improv group, right? Right. So, whatever I got paid which is I, I, off the top of my head, I think it was like eight or 900 bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, but that p- pool was probably available to a solo performer. Right. So they maybe they got, uh, they probably didn't get six times that, but let's say they got 3,500 bucks right. to go to a, like one of the most beautiful resorts in the world, yeah. do one show and then fly home. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Plus it's, it's less of a um, um, ordeal when they're coming from Europe oh i bet to do it but i mean it's not unlikely that like you or magicians listening to this podcast could do that gig someday (laughs) because they basically scout like friend shows and oh
1: i keep forgetting to thank you for this and i'm going to publicly thank you for it now in lieu of forgetting but you put a woman in contact with me who needed me for a gig yes um which is happening and thank you for that Oh, cool! It looks like it's gonna be a fun gig. It's like a um, a corporate thing, a little stressful because that's gonna be earlier in the night that I'm at the castle. Hey, so it's like that's gonna be a show of, um, in downtown LA from like six thirty to seven thirty. Then I got to jet over to the castle oh, you're late castle. I'm late. Okay, cool. Yeah, and so basically, the, I think in the contract it says you have to be there an hour before and be in the room, So which should be fine. Cause, yeah. Uh, um, I'll have I'll have ninety minutes to get from downtown LA to uh, the castle, which on uh, Tuesday night um, shouldn't take an hour. Cool. Um, So, but thank you.
0: Uh, And now that the chopper is returning. Chopper still So it's it's going to pick you up. Yeah. um, I mean, the Alcatraz. Yep. The sing-sing. Yeah. Uh, We'll see you next week. See you next week.